Welcome. You're listening to the Bulldog Educator Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Kirsten Wilson. Thank you so much for listening. Content produced in this episode and other episodes of the Bulldog Educator are by my co-producers, Sarah and David Galvez. Music created for the Bulldog Educator is by David Galvez. Podcast platform is through anchor.fm. Welcome to episode number three of season one of the Bulldog Educator podcast with your host, Kirsten Wilson. In this episode, we are going to be talking about the seriousness we should take with personal self-care. Seriously. So talking about self-care, when the term self-care started appearing, at first I thought it was about luxuries, like getting a mani-pedi, and I said, did that, check. But then I began to understand it more deeply. You see, early in my teaching career, several decades ago, I was sort of forced into self-care. My first year of teaching, I couldn't stay well, couldn't stay healthy. I'm sure many of you can relate to that in, in those first years of teaching, but I think I caught every vile, dermy bug that every kiddo walked through the school doors with. Not just the kids in my classroom, but every child in that building. On top of that, I was probably drinking between six and eight Diet Cokes a day and averaging on a good night five hours of sleep. Not a good combination. My body was stressed physically, not to mention, as I said before, it was my first year of teaching. I felt awful most of the time, but I, but wasn't slowing down. So my body slowed down before me, literally. I started passing out. The doctors were never able to give me a diagnosis, but I did figure out that too much caffeine, lack of sleep, and Sudafed, remember, I caught every cold too, was the recipe for a fainting spell. I walked myself into mandated self-care. All that to say that even though that happened to me more than 25 years ago, self-care has always been a challenge for me. If you can relate, then let me share with you what is, what is currently working for me. The first thing that works for me is consistency in many things in my life. I actually have a checklist to get ready in the morning down to making my bed. And I know it may sound silly, and I'm sure you guys have heard, you know, making your bed is a successful person. But for me, if I start the day making my bed, I know I have accomplished one thing. If nothing else gets accomplished during the day, I have, ac I have accomplished one thing, and that's making my bed. This checklist actually really paid off during uh, the stay at home with COVID because at first um, I just couldn't find any uh, consistency in things. And so having myself some structure as I stayed at home to work really helped me to define my day and helped me stay on track. Another thing that's been consistent for me is I've worked up to walking three to five miles almost every day. And while I'm walking, I listen to podcasts and audiobooks, which really fill me up. Um, a lot of them are not very educational related. 
Um, a lot of them are more related to just um, about my own development as a person. I also started planning my evening meals for my family um, for the week on Sundays. And I, I use grocery pickup to order online and get my groceries, which helps save me both time and money. Because typically I would go grocery shopping after work, which is my hunger part of the day. And a lot of times I'd end up with things in my basket when I would shop at the store that I didn't need. So using the grocery online pickup, I go and pick it up. I don't even go into the store and I'm home um, fairly quickly to be home with my family. I also, to add consistency to my day, I set labeled reminders in my phone um, as alarms that help me check on myself and make sure I'm meeting my needs. Am I drinking enough water? Do I need to get up and move? Because I um, work for our state's virtual school program and I spend many, many days in Zoom and working on um, a computer. And so having that reminder to get up, walk around, move is really important for me. So consistency was the first thing. The second thing is looking for the joy. Joy is actually our family word of the year. And so looking for joy in things has been something I've actually been focusing on in my um, ability to work towards self-care for myself. One of the fun things that I do is that when I look at my calendar for the week, I add stickers that remind me to focus on the opportunity in front of me instead of a task to complete. Um, I know it may sound silly, but adding those stickers um, on Sundays when I'm looking at my week ahead, when I open my um, calendar every week and look at my calendar, I have those stickers that I've added there on Sunday that just bring a smile to my face. I also seek for ways to encourage others, notice their strengths, and um, find ways to um, just smile about other people's lives and how their lives are being celebrated. I also look for opportunities to share random acts of kindness. Um, earlier this year, one of the months that I did in April um, was a 30-day challenge to each day do a random act of kindness. And what I found through that process was that I was so much seeking the opportunity to do a random act of kindness where I could stay anonymous that it became kind of like this back in the back of my mind focus throughout the day, where would the opportunity present itself? And because of that, focus that I had that was going on while I was doing my work, I noticed my mindset as a whole was more positive. And so I've held on to that as I moved into other months after that 30-day challenge. I also have um, begun to adopt the notice, the everyday beauty. When I was walking, um, when I was stay at home during COVID and even now, I got to see us moved from early spring to mid-spring to now we are in summer. And I had never realized this before, but there are different phases of wildflowers. And while there are certain wildflowers I always noticed because I was drawn to them, what I didn't notice were the other wildflowers that also bring beauty. And so that has been an ongoing message to me this spring to notice the beauty um, and don't be working so fast and so quickly that you notice 
the intricacies of things and how beauty brings joy to things. I also have learned to be in the moment and not to lament too much about the past. And this is especially um, important right now. My son is actually turning 15 years old tomorrow, and I he's my youngest, and I cannot even imagine that I am the mother of a 15-year-old. It seems like just yesterday we were bringing him home from the hospital. But there are so many things that I'm enjoying about the 15-ish of him that's coming up. And I really have enjoyed watching him grow both physically because, man, he has shot up in his 14th year um, and his voice has changed. And I've enjoyed watching that and also him mature. Um, And I don't want to get stuck in the past so much that I miss the moments right now. So it's so important for me right now with my kids. My daughter's going to be a senior in high school this year. And even though I know that she'll be moving on, I'm trying so much to live in the moment, enjoy these moments with her and celebrate these moments without concerning myself with with what's happening in the future or missing her when she was little. Although I love each of those moments, I need to stay in the moment I'm in right now. So in in addition to consistency and uh, focusing on the joy, the next thing that I've really worked on for myself is the idea of permission slips. Brene Brown actually introduced this idea to me of permission slips through her book, Braving the Wilderness. Uh, Growing up, I was always expected to be doing something productive. Chores, helping out, homework. Resting was considered laziness. And if you rested, it meant you needed to have an earlier bedtime or you were actually sick. Sleeping past 7 a.m. any day of the week, including weekends, was prohibited. And that that mindset growing up, um, I was not allowing myself the opportunity or the permission to rest. And so I had to work on the idea of reprogramming myself for rest. Now I have days I plan where I do not do any task or have a to-do list. It's my day to give myself permission to relax, read a book that I, um, that's for enjoyment, um, window shop, just for the fun of going downtown um, to a town nearby just to enjoy without any agenda, sit on my front porch and watch the sunset or even the sunrise without having something else that I have to do. I've also given myself permission to complete not perfectly complete, but just complete task. Learning what needs to just be done and what needs to be done with excellence allows me the space to not only, um, for me to not only have the time for me to be me and rest, but also the ability to extend grace to others. And we're back. Um, Reviewing what we've talked about so far, looking at uh, the different ways that um, I help with my my self-care is that consistency, looking for the joy in things, writing myself those permission slips that I need to have. And then the next part is leaning in and getting curious. One of the things um, as I started to lean in and get curious is examining my own self-talk. And what I noticed is that I wasn't kind to myself. 
so much so that when others said kind things about me, I didn't believe them. This rooted itself in insecurity, anger, unhappiness, and it didn't make for a pretty me. And I knew this had to stop. I had to know where was this coming from? I did recognize that I had a very high standard set for me regarding life as a child. And in fact, that standard was so high that in many ways it was unreachable and unsustainable. It set up the foundation for a mindset that I was always not quite good enough, not quite perfect enough, and always was set up to notice the mistakes or the missing pieces in anything that I did. Through doing the work, I am getting better. I still struggle with this, but through the process of leaning in and getting curious, I'm discovering my unique gifts and talents, and I'm learning to speak with kindness to myself. And because of that, I in turn am able to find capacity to be kind to others in a genuine and vulnerable way. So learning to have consistency for myself finding the joy, writing myself the permission slips, and leaning in and get curious, I'm really able to better care for myself. And along those lines, I've always been extremely motivated. And I knew that I couldn't get away from the goal setting or the drive that happens with that. But what I could do is this next thing, and it is setting my goals for myself, but setting them with grace. I have actually been doing a word of the year for about five years now, and I mentioned earlier that our family has a word of the year, joy. My word of the year um, this year has been wholehearted, um, which has been an interesting word for me as we have um, really been in a tumultuous situation with COVID-19 and embracing things with wholeheartedness in that time. I'm thankful that that's the word that has that has been set before me, um, but I will tell you there have been times it has been challenging. But this word, the word of the year that I've been using um, this t- approach for five years now, has acted as a guide or filter for myself throughout my each year. Through that word of the year last year, I started doing a vision board that focused around that word, and then I did that vision board again this year. What that vision board has helped me do is help me visualize the areas of growth in different areas of my life, including my family, my own experiences, my profession, my faith, and other things. This year, I've incorporated some of the strategies of Tina Bugren's 180 Days of Self-Care and Take Time for You, including setting up a plan for 30-day challenges for each month um, starting in January. And I will tell you that this is where some of that self-grace comes in. Not every 30-day challenge I've done over the past few months has gone well. The one-minute plank per day um, for the month of March didn't last. And this month has been the 100 sit-ups a day. I haven't gotten to 100 sit-ups every day. So there's been a little bit of a fail there. But I've also experienced some amazing things. I mentioned earlier the random acts of kindness that were happened in the the in month the month of April, and there have been other months that I've achieved the thirty day challenges with those. And so 
I would say overall, it's been a win. And that's where that grace comes in. What I'm working on still is sleep. I still have an issue with it. I've set a goal. I've tried to get more sleep, but it's one of those areas that I really struggle with. And sometimes the projects that I have set before me become more important than the people around me due to that deeply rooted upbringing that I shared with you to be task oriented. But I am learning, reflecting, being vulnerable and apologetic when I and I'm working towards being a better vision of the me I am wanting to be. I am thankful that many years ago, that forced focus that I shared with you on self-care taught me to value the concept of needing to first care for myself before I can care for the needs of others. I implore you, if you're listening to this and self-care hasn't been a priority for you, that as we head into this next year and there are so many things that we are not sure of, be sure of how you take care of yourself. When we return and go back to, back to school, whatever that looks like for you, that self-care is more essential now to our work as educators than in any other time. And I also want to tell you that your self-care, what you do for yourself, is going to be different than anyone else. Um, I also um, encourage you to uh, have others help hold you accountable for your self-care and then seek information or blogs that um, focus on self-care so that it's a reminder to you. One of the simple things that I do is I follow a Facebook group called Self-Care for Educators, and it's actually run by Tina Bogren that I mentioned her books earlier. And there is almost daily a post in there that is encouraging or gives us tips on ways that we can care for ourselves. So I highly recommend that you bring that into your um, daily pattern of life. Be sure to take inventory of your self-care practices and invest in yourself so that you're ready with full energy reserves to invest in your students and other educators when we all return back this fall in whatever way that may look. Thank you so much for listening. This is your host, Kirsten Wilson, with the Bulldog Educator Podcast. I wanted to take a minute and thank all of my faithful listeners who have been listening to the Bulldog Educator podcast um, these last few episodes. I wanted to tell you that the next Bulldog Educator, we're going to talk about the benefits of sketchnoting, which, by the way, is one of my new self-care practices. I hope you'll join me um, in about a week as we talk about sketchnoting and the impact that can have on both ourselves and our learners as a process for both learning and as a process of expression. Thanks so much. And we look forward to having you listen again soon. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Bulldog Educator hosted by yours truly, Kirsten Wilson. You can find the Bulldog Educator on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram using the handle at the Bulldog EDU. That's at the Bulldog EDU. 
You can also find us and content related to education in this podcast on our blog at thebulldogedu.org.